Hello, hey, and welcome to Ask the Color Expert. My name is Elaine Travis. I am a career hair colorist, independent educator, and author of the book, A Colorful Journey. I'm here every week sharing tips, tricks, and stories that are all things hair color. Thanks for joining me, and let's get started. Hello, and welcome back to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Today's special guest is Ben Mullen. He is the runner-up for the first season of Bravo's Sheer Genius. He created the Ben Mullen Project, which he's going to tell us more about, and he's also been a hairstylist for 29 years. So I'm excited to talk to him. We have already been chatting pre-recording, and I could talk to him forever. He is the most fascinating man on earth so far. So strap yourself yes. in for, for this episode. Welcome, Ben. How are you? What's up, Elaine? I'm awesome. How are you? I am good. And I'm, I'm so excited that we are able to get together and have this chat. Um, I, I told you when I reached out to you to invite you to be a guest that your name kept popping up. And when I hear a name more than once, I, I really pay attention. So two sure. people in a row mentioned your name and I said, tell me more. And both people mentioned you in a different capacity. So I know that you are a man of many talents and many interests. Um, and that, that was what is most intriguing to me. Um, firstly, being your skill for helping people with public speaking, because we all know how many people are deathly terrified of that and how difficult that it can be. So that was the first thing. And then once I found that out, I realized that you were on sheer genius and then the conversation kept going from there. So you are a man of many, many, many talents. So what, what are you up to these days? What's your current passion? Teaching kindergarten. <laughs> on an iPad, on a generation three iPad, still getting outside and running and trying to be active and just trying to keep an optimistic mindset, not only for myself, Elaine, but for like my family and like people that I work with. So my, what I've been up to is consistency and optimism. If I was to really just generalize and break all that down, like those two things is what I've been working the hardest on. I love that. And especially the consistency, because when, when you are your own company, your own driving force, you know, for most people, it could be easy to just completely close down shop and just use the, the uh, COVID situation as uh, a free pass to just do nothing. Um, but you were able to pivot and do things and rediscover things like your love of music and other things during this time, instead of just sitting in fear and, you know, unease and what, what's going to happen. And I have this kindergartner at home and oh my gosh, and the fear of not having enough money and all of those things surface. Um, it's hard to, to stay on the path and, and be consistent. So I love that you said consistency because that's, that's yeah. a struggle for most people. I mean, that's, and that's, I think that's a struggle for, excuse me, a lot of creative people because when you don't feel like you're creating, like you feel like you're dying mm. and there's this, like this literally like you're dying. Like there's your soul is just like, it's, if it wasn't black before, it's just, it's doing its own paint job. <laughs> you know, it's doing that own paint time to wear long sleeves and hang a bunch of cure posters in your room and paint the walls black. 
when you're not able to create. So when you're a creative person, and I very rarely do I ever say the word hairdresser, but when you're a creative person, you have to take opportunity to be creative when it's presented to you, plain and simple. And yeah, and, and the, the first thing that I did when I got a bunch of emails and I was like, holy shit, I just lost like $70,000 worth mm. of work. Wow. And this was the year. But then again, I think about it too. I'm like, there's people that have lost their lives yeah, that have true. lost health. And for me, like a crisis is like, if I didn't have any water or anything else like that. So, so what, it took me five days to get my food from Whole Foods as opposed to two hours. I mean, like, that's my biggest bitch. And like Netflix keeps on fucking up. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah, I don't have a job. I'm not able to grace the stages of Cosmo prop shows and talk and inspire hairdressers. Who cares? There's so much other stuff going on right now that when I'm able to do what I'm able to do, I want to be better at doing it. So I've just been, we were talking earlier, I've just been waiting and becoming really consistent and doing a nine to three kindergarten schedule has definitely helped with that. And that being optimistic is like, yeah, you know, the sun still hasn't come out and yeah, we got pounded with like snow this year in Chicago. I said, but eventually it's gonna melt. So I had to keep on going to bed with this, like there's always tomorrow as long as I still wake up. So I had to retrain a lot of, of who I thought I was in order to successfully go through this transition. Wow, I love that. And and for me, thank God my children, my youngest is in college because I stopped being able to homeschool in about third grade when the math got to be, you know, the new math versus the old math, whatever the hell that means. I didn't know the old yeah. math and I don't know the new math. Um, thank God in hairdressing, there's not a whole lot of math. There's a little bit in color, but um, math was always my downfall with school. Um, and I felt like an idiot when my kids would say, can you help me with my homework? I'm like, no, can't. You'd have to ask your older sister. And thank God she was a little further ahead and could help him. Um, so I can't even imagine piling that on being stuck in the house and not traveling and homeschooling. God bless. Oh my gosh. God bless. Um, well, we got rid forward. of, go ahead. go ahead. We got rid of a, like we had a salon, we had a salon. And then we also had, we had a restaurant. So my, oh my wife's gosh. a, so my wife's a hairdresser and then she's a chef. Uh, vegan is her specialty. No, we are not vegan. So it's, we had these two businesses and the one business we subletted out the kitchen. So people were renting from her just to have the space. And so, then we had the hair salon and I, was never in it. Like a couple of years ago, I walked away from doing behind the chair and I just did like really good friends of mine and family. Cause I, I, I will always teach haircutting and work for like scissor companies to predict the curriculum and all that's kind of my jam. So I always kept my chops up, but the minute that COVID hit and I was like, so wait a minute, we're going to have to put up plexiglass shields. And at this time we're like saran wrapping the bowls. I was like, fuck, dude, fuck this. <laughs> I didn't sign up for this shit at all. So let's just get rid of it. So we sold everything. And with that money that we made from that, it was, we put a down payment on a Winnebago 
back in. Oh, I love that. Back in June of last year. And then we went to Indianapolis to visit some family. And I just started staying at these KOAs, like these like Holiday Inn Express on the road. And you were distanced and they had a pool and like pizza Friday and like you'd get wood and like you'd burn wood. So we went on the road as a family for a little over like a month. We ended up in Manitou Springs, Colorado. We stayed out there and then we went to like Nebraska. And so we, and then I ended up renting it out through this third party app called Outdoorsy. And the last rental of the year, the woman that I rented it to was like this like five foot woman who fucking trashed it. No way. Oh, wait. (laughs) Trashed. $22,000 worth of damage. She actually put the air conditioning unit through the roof. And luckily- What was she doing? How did she mess it up so much? I'll tell you what she wasn't doing. She wasn't fucking looking up. I mean, it was just demolished. So- she finally brought it back and then I had to get it repaired. Luckily it was all under the insurance. Oh so it's God. been getting repaired for five and a half months and we get it back in April. And then once we get it back in April, I'm going to set up the Wi-Fi on it. And then we're going to go back on the road as a family. And I'll do a lot more online coaching that way. It's just to keep like money. That's coming. so smart and so amazing because um, a friend of mine before COVID said, I want to homeschool my kids. And when we're learning about the Grand Canyon, I want to be at the Grand Canyon. I want to drive, just like you're saying, take them to those monuments, take them to on that historical tour. And that's learning on such a better level. And to be able to spend that much time together and all get along is a testament to your family unit. That's not easy to be on the road like that, living like that. But oh my gosh, what a great, that's hilarious. My son has all these business ideas. He's a senior in college and he's like, I'm going to I'm going to buy a Tesla and I'm going to rent it out. I'm going to this and that. I'm like, and I'm always like the gloom and doom side of it. I'm like, dude, what if somebody totals it? What if they, this, so when you said that, it made me laugh even harder because oh, you never man. expect anyone to trash the thing. Oh, it wasn't even like trash. It was like the worst. I was like, oh, and I get this phone call. She's like, um, can I, can I show you something? I'm like, yeah, sure. And she shows me this picture and she's just stuck underneath like a hotel and i'm like what were you doing at a, it, it, so much was happening but you know it ended up paying for like the deposit that we put back we made on it i kept the miles low so we get it back and then this summer we're just going to hit like national parks that's awesome and, you know so we're awesome. working on, work you on need to do ready. your I'm, own like vlog on on a youtube channel like taking your journey and turning it into like a Netflix special. Did you see the minimalist guys, how they turned it into a Netflix special? Like I have, I have. And, and and to be honest with you, like I have the equipment with all of that, but my whole, how I am with everything. If you came to me with an idea, like you just said, I would help you write it out. It's like part of the conversation we had on the phone. I was like, I'm used to training the people that are doing the training. Got it. So you want to have your own little vacation. You don't want to be looking at what, you don't want to be a Kardashian. You want to be Ryan, uh, what's his name that that owns the show? Kind of. Yeah. I would be more into the, uh, the execution and like the production. So say you had people that raised money for it and you were a product company that wanted to sponsor it. I would, I would be the liaison between like the corporate side and the artistic side. 
to make yeah. sure that everything's balanced, the verbiage is there, and it no one looks like an asshole in, on camera. So that's kind of where I would go with it. Me personally, actually, I could do it. I just don't want to. And that's kind of always been the thing with me. And I talk to a lot of very, very creative people. And they're like, you know what you should do? And it always ends up involving like a YouTube channel or like a, uh, an Instagram channel. I said, you know what you should do? I said, you should do what I do and try to do it for a month. Don't, I don't follow anybody, zero. So when I go on Instagram, even Facebook, I don't see anything of what other people are doing. So what I do is I type in their name the same way like you would Google. Because mm. people that are texting me, those are like my friends, like just in general, people I can send like hysterical memes to or like, hey, have you heard this band? When you open up yourself to the possibilities of millions and millions, and especially if you're only following the, your professional side, you go fucking nuts. I love that you're talking about this because it you is you torture. Go nuts. Yeah, you go fucking is. nuts. You go nuts. You, you compare yourself to to youth you compare yourself to vanity and, and it's the seven that Dante's Inferno you know it's like this you and you don't have to feel like that there's so many other ways to live Elaine. and there's so many other ways to create and to be a hairdresser and to be an artist and to be a man to be a woman to be a husband a whatever there's so many ways to do it if you constantly bombard yourself with similarities, you lose originality. And I'll argue mm. anybody on that. Anybody. I I'll argue. so agree hundred yeah. percent. I right now it's clubhouse. I first got on the clubhouse and I was like, let me check it out. Let me see what it's all about. And talk about a time suck. You know, you think Facebook and Instagram can suck your time. Clubhouse is worse because there's no replay. There's no, oh, I'll come back and watch this later. Oh, I can rewind it and remember what that person said. It's live. It's not recorded. And there can be some absolutely amazing people coming across your path that you couldn't imagine ever being in the same room with. And all these knowledge bombs and things getting dropped and you're like, oh my gosh, and I'm, I'm writing so quickly and trying to, to take it all in. And then you look at the clock and like four hours have gone by and you can't right. get that four hours back, you know? And, and a lot of what you're hearing is not relevant to you. You're just kind of, it almost is like a little bit of being a voyeur where you're hearing other people. A little bit of being a voyeur. Talk, no, it's, called talk voyeur about, it's called voyeurism. They yeah. even have their own category on adults. You know, that's voyeurism is, that's exactly what it is. And I think that the reason why it's so addictive is it's because this, this other thing, you're like, you are the fly on the wall. So the thing that lacks from today, Elaine, is curiosity. And I refuse to live in a world where I can't trigger that. It's I can't. I have to have that. I have to have mystique and unknown and privacy when it comes to how I create and how I work. Because if I don't, it has no meaning. It's just content. It's fluff. It's words. It's pictures. So I focus on the privacy of be allowing myself to just be a creative. Hairdressing is one aspect of one of the things that I do that I've dedicated my whole entire life to, but I'm not just a hairdresser. I call myself an independent thinker, a creative, a musician, an artist, all these other things. And I work on those things just as hard, if not harder, as I do on haircutting or color placement or any other thing that falls in that vein. 
And, you know, I used to tell people all the time, I said, if you want to make more money, you either spend less or charge more. There's any class That's you've simple. ever wanted to sign up for, but there's any <laughs> class you've ever wanted to sign up for right there about how to make more money behind the chair. Charge more or spend less. That's it. That's so that whole market, I don't, you know, there's just a lot of stuff that I don't understand, but tons of stuff I don't understand. I'm like, wait a minute. So if I give you $199, you're going to teach me in four hours how to make more money. That's, that's where the fuck are you going to teach me? Like what, <laughs> what, like, what do I have to do? Like fucking, you know? Oh my God. I love it. It's like, you put it, you remind me so much of my daughter. She's a bit of a yogi and very like, yeah. she lived in Thailand for six months and she's 27. So she should be completely, totally absorbed in social media. And yeah. she'll go two days with her phone turned completely off. And it makes mm -hmm. me insane because I'm in Florida and she's in PA, but she'll say, Hey, I'm going dark. I'm going for a walk. You're not going to be able to reach me. Like she at least checks in. So we know she hasn't been kidnapped. Yeah, which and is nice I envy her. that. I really do envy that because when she's here, I'm sitting in front of the computer, you know, seven hours out of every day that she's here. And she's like, I'll see, I'm going to the beach. Like, and she makes no apologies about it. She's so easily entertained. We were in Greece for her college graduation and we would go nice. out to lunch. I'm sitting there at this beautiful restaurant overlooking the sea and this awesome location. Everything's the turquoise and white and all these things to be seen. And as soon as we got, had, took the last bite of our lunch, I asked for the check and was like, come on, let's go. And she was like, where are you going? Where, where are we rushing to? Look at this view. Look at that. Like she's very in the moment. Mm. And I love that. And it's, it's something that I struggle with so much. I'm so go, 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 go. I feel like she called you and sent you to me as my little angel to focus yeah. and, and be in the moment. Cause everything you're saying is what she's like, mom, you've worked your ass off for a really long time. Why do you feel like you have to keep creating something new, create doing, 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 doing like just be. Honey, that's and, all I know. That's all yeah. I know. That's all I know. I just don't even know how to be. That's who I am. That is who I am. And I was that person up until three years ago, maybe four years. How do you turn ago? it off? Tragedy happens. Mm, I don't want that. And, well, I had, I lost both my parents in a pretty short amount of time. Oh, happens. It, it happens. It had, they were both, I, I have a crazy, crazy, this podcast would take 20 hours if I explained <laughs> everything. So when my mom passed away, I was already as busy as I could get behind a chair. Like I didn't have a new appointment for four years. I had the same women that I did and they were loyal. They were like moms. Awesome. I did a lot of bobs, a lot of highlights, a lot of Rachel from variations of the Rachel from friends haircuts, you know, same shit everyone else does. And I was busy with traveling and coaching and doing hair shows. So busy that I was able to live way outside of my means just from doing that. So I'm an incredibly minimal person as far as possessions, my mindset, what I'm able to bring on, what I'm able to take off. I like to keep things light, Elaine, because I hate feeling weight, mm. especially if I'm not doing it to strengthen myself. Because to walk around with weight, it's, it's crazy. You know what I mean? It's toxic. So I had enough speaking engagements and hair shows to last me that whole entire year. And then my mom passed away. 
And I got a phone call when I was in Florida, actually working with this educational group called the Goonies, uh, training them. Oh, I'm familiar with them. Yeah, I, they hired me to help them with their first, uh, what is, what's, what's Orlando, the first Orlando show that they worked on. I flew out with them and was coaching them. And my mom had this crazy surgery that she had to get. And she was physically handicapped, had tons of surgeries. Uh, and one of the side effects was aneurysm and death. So mm. I was with Keon the Barber. And he was all excited because he had just bought a star. You can buy a star like in the galaxy, right? Or Lisa, I don't know how that, I don't know how that works. And he's telling me about it. And then he told me, he's like, I got this because every time I tell him to look up, we're always going to be together. And right when he told me to look up, my phone rang and I found out that my mom just went into a coma like, like that. It was like something out of a fucking movie. Mm. So I canceled the training, went home early took my mom off, off of life support. And then my dad ended up getting hospitalized while my mom was in the hospital because my dad had, I, he was somewhat mentally handicapped. My dad was like a savant. He was like a genius, uh, but he was a piano player and a music teacher. So I found out that he had cancer on top of that all within 12 hours. So oh when all that got figured out, Six days later, I had to go to Cuba to teach a five-day workshop on empowerment for some Canadian colleagues of mine and some clients. So they wanted to call it off. I'm like, no, I, my, both my parents were educators. My mom was a school principal. My dad was a teacher. I said, no, you don't understand. Like, I, I have to do this. Like, this isn't, this is why I, this, this is the, this is a test from God. Like, I have, I have to do this. So when I came back from Cuba, that's when I quit going into work completely cold turkey because people are only going to be sympathetic for you, Elaine, when you're dying. They can be empathetic all day. Congratulations, you got empathy. It doesn't do shit for me. Sympathy? Oh, man, that's you get such a small little window. And anytime that someone's feeling sympathy towards you, that's when you take fucking major leaps. So I knew that people were sympathetic of me because I just lost my mom and was facing all this tragedy. I said, now's my time to take a huge chance. So my client, Kathy, who I've been doing her hair for 25 years, right after her haircut, gave her a hug, packed my bag and peace. And that was it. And I just went home. I called Tabitha. We stayed really good friends after we were on TV together. And she said, make it so it has to be successful. Take the training wheels off. This is about my project. I said, yeah, I never thought of it that way. I said, I could be doing so much more with it, but I have this glory job where I just can go out and make thousands of dollars to speak for 30 minutes and this and that. And granted, I have a love-hate relationship with all of that stuff that goes involved with it. I love the fact that I can make money, but I hate the fact of how I sometimes have to do it, right? So I quit doing hair and then six months later I quit this like really high paying like high profile like almost like celebrity type job to make it so that the project had to be successful so I work better when I'm pushed up against the corner and someone's got their fist right in front of my face being like motherfucker I'm gonna knock you out unless you figure out how to knock me out first yeah. and when I get to that pointy lane I thrive when I'm not at that point, I'm okay. I'm incredibly useful, but I'm not dynamic and I'm not brilliant unless I have to be. I agree hundred um, percent. I call that phase that you were in the burning of the boat 
Um, I did the same thing. I left my salon of 30 years, full book, same thing. I was like, I'm so done. Bye. I'm leaving. You can stay, not stay. I'm leaving. I'm moving, moved to Florida, got here and being who I am and being the overachiever and the workaholic, I was like, I have to, I need a clientele. I need to hurry up and do hair in Florida because that's all I know. And I have to make this happen. And Mm -hmm. I tried to go in that direction, do a little sweet, start doing a little bit of hair. And I was like, no, that's not why you left a busy salon. You didn't do this to start all over again. You did this to start something different and to start paying it forward and start teaching. So the hair was the safety net and the comfort. And I was like, same thing. I said to my husband, I know this sounds crazy, but I got to go all in and go broke. I need to like walk away from the actual hair and dive hundred percent into this online virtual thing and just see if it has legs and it's all or nothing. And that's the only reason that it happened is because I was up, I was like, I have four people to support. I can't have this not work out. So I work best under pressure. And my, my fam, my kids and my husband all say, oh my gosh, you put all this pressure on yourself. But that's, that's where my superpower is when I'm right. when I'm up against a wall. I'm like, damn it, this is going to work. I'll make it work. So we have, we have a lot in common. I like no, that. I love it. I love that's what I mean, but I think that's you have to be at a certain it helps having a, a really successful partnership with somebody when you are involved with that too. It's that whole that no I I no I and team <laughs> type way of thinking. So me having my wife be a hairdresser and, and a chef and just like just a cool chick just in general. Like I love now, do you still have the restaurant? No, we got rid of everything. Wow, yeah. you really went all in. Yeah, I was just like, well, COVID has given me the opportunity again to have sympathy and when you have sympathy around that's your time to strike i've never heard that before you really have my wheels spinning when you're saying that elaine i'm telling you you take away anything from me because you can only you can only learn and execute one thing at a time so what i was going to say about clubhouse if you learn 20 things what the fuck are you going to do with 20 things so after you after a light bulb goes off leave live it digest it do you like it do you hate it how does it work did it work at all you remember what you just heard so the things that stick stick with those things if it's oversaturated it'd be the same thing of walking into a grocery store wanting to buy avocados and you're like damn that whole aisle eight is nothing but avocados (laughs) shit you know well, what avocado is better than the next? And well, this one's from Chile. Well, this one's from Argentina. Hmm. It's an avocado. So it's that mindset and that kind of like way of thinking. But the sympathy thing, I learned that while I was going through it. Because normally when people would be super mad, I mean, there was women I cut for 20 years Mm. every four weeks and I ghosted Ghost. You know what though? Ghost. My, my clients ghost me now. Like I was, I had all this guilt about leaving them because it was such a long term. Like some women to your point, 25, 22 yeah. years, just me yeah. doing their hair. And I was like, Oh my gosh, how can I just leave and just say, bye. See ya. I reached out to two of my favorites, my pets. And I was like, you know, let me just shoot them a text, say, Hey, how are you? No, nothing in return. I'm like, okay, I was worried about the relationship and I was going to stop my life for her and she can't even return a text to me. So that was a huge lesson. Huge Honey, you're lesson. the gardener. You're the gardener. Yeah, I, I don't love that, but it's true. 
it's, it's what I, it's, I tell it to a lot of people that I work with. Well, I could never, I'm like, they're going to be fine. Yeah. Like, yeah, it's gynecologists, uh, gynecologists, gyms, and hairdressers are the things that people look for, especially women when they're going to do something like completely different and completely right. new. But guess what? They find them <laughs> and they fall back in love. I know. And they're, and they're fine. And they're yeah, fine. Everyone's fine. Everyone's fine. Everybody's everyone's, fine. Yeah, everyone's yeah. like super cool. But, you know, so I kept just a handful of people that I just, I needed them probably more than they needed me. Like people that I can just be like overly honest with and like beyond vulnerable and like never be judged. Like I would pay for that type of therapy. You know what I mean? Oh yeah. And then, and then I would, I would, I used to play this game where I would put on like seventies music, like Fleetwood Mac radio on like Pandora. And then if they would start talking about it, if they were like within that age group, I'd ask them what they were like back in high school and always turn into like drug talk. And it was just like, <laughs> it was like the best conversations like I ever had in my whole entire life. And those people have just stayed into friends and clients and people that I invited to the first birthday party for my son when we had it outside, Aww. people that knew my family. So again, like I'm a very, I'm a very closed person. Uh, but I think it's definitely like by choice. But once I love somebody, like truly love somebody with all my heart, like that connection can never be broken. Even if you hate me, like I'm still going to love you. Oh, like no. I can't, I can't go back on that. Like once my heart says, yeah, that's it. I can't second guess that. So I keep knowing that that's how I am as a human. I keep it very, very small and very tight uh, and incredibly personal. But then when I need to be around masses of people or, you know, do a podcast or, you know, be exposed to tens of thousands, sometimes hundreds of thousands of people, you know, on different platforms, be on cool with it because it's not where I live. It's where I visit. Mm. I love that. So many, so many nuggets. You did say you were the, the dude with the most nuggets that you're going to be bringing it, bringing the heat. I got some nuggets. Yeah, I guess you definitely, definitely do. <laughs> definitely got some nuggets. Awesome. I hope that somebody listening to this will hear what we're we're talking about and understand that you really have to be your own best friend and biggest advocate because it's really easy to fall into the you know I have to this I I need to that what will they do without me doing this like there's so much guilt almost of doing the grind. You know, we, we talk about it with price raising, right? You, you were, you hit it right on the head. It's like, raise your price. It's that easy. It's not rocket less. science, you know, you're spend less, cable. earn you don't more. Watch cable, yeah. If you don't watch cable and it's 200 bucks a month, congratulations. You're making 50 bucks extra a week. Yeah. So it's, you know, make something up. Be like, because of COVID now it's nine bucks to get a tube of color, even though it's six. Clients don't know. So my, my price is going to go up $5. Like it has to, because the cost went up the same way gas goes up. There's inflation. Like my accountant, it's always an extra 25 bucks at the end of the year because rent goes up. You know, what's amazing is you don't see it. It's not a visible thing that you can see, but when you understand people's energy and what they bring to a relationship, you can see that everybody carries that money story into their life in every facet, what they'll spend for something, what they'll charge for something. And we have a habit of 
making a decision for you, what you think that, what I think you think you should pay, where that's not up to us. It's not up to us to decide what a client will and will not pay. And it's hard to shake that. It's how you're raised. It's how your parents treat money. It's that culture that you're grow, you grow up in. And it's hard to unlearn that. Um, really hard to unlearn that. And it's something that I wish that they taught us in um, cosmetology school, because I think that is the biggest barrier to success. You know, you have those industry averages, which it feels like I'm getting stabbed every time I read that. If I Google, you know, what is the average annual um, you know, 20, salary? Yeah, it's still in the 20s. 32. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And considering that you, you spend X amount of dollars on school, but again, it's that as far as like a base point goes, yeah, I mean, that would be like a minimum wage type setting. So if you set it low, you almost should set it low. And, you know, I know hairdressers, for example, like I knew this guy, his, his street name was Spider, but his real name was Carmelo. And he learned how to cut hair in prison back in like, I forgot where he got locked up. He was, this guy was awesome. Holy, he was a fucking legend. And he worked at this barber shop south side of Chicago. And I went in to get a haircut from this guy and he charged $8. Okay, eight bucks. And when he razored me out, first of all, the fade this dude gave me took him maybe 12 minutes. And it <laughs> was to a point where people would be like, can I see your hair for a second? And I turned sideways and it would just look like hair would just magically appear at whatever angle. It was like a magic haircut. I looked like almost like a GI Joe action figure. Like it was perfect. <laughs> That's so such he takes right now, <laughs> this dude, this dude, he's going to do my beard. He takes a razor blade and he puts it in his fingers and he cups it around like this and pulls back and just goes up there and lines me to a point where I was, I was like, this guy's going to, like, he's going to jack me up, but that's how we learned it. So he had no license. He learned how to cut hair when he was in prison and he was the best barber I've ever seen. I've ever talked to. And I used to give him 50 bucks for a haircut. I always pay Whenever I get a haircut, I pay you what people pay me. Mm, I give him 50 bucks and slide him a 20. I'd give him 70 bucks like that. And he'd look at me and he'd say, anytime you need a haircut, you just come on in. So I came in once, man, and he, just, he was cutting like some guy's hair. He goes, I'll be right back. He sits down. He left him in the middle of the chair. Puts a caper on me and starts <laughs> cutting awesome. my hair. You know, it was just a different, it was just a different ethics, um, just a different like code on how that went. And there's, there's so many ways to do it that not one is, is better than the next, or there's no sure way to do it. But all I could say is that if you're looking at different versions of success at the same time, you get swallowed by ego and pride. You do, mm. you do. So if you wanna be a successful hairdresser, find out what that means and obtain that step-by-step. Step. And I highly recommend that your first level of success should be financial independence. Number one, popularity is that lunch table that you either sat at that motherfucker or you didn't. And if you didn't sit at that fucking lunch table, the fuck you wanna sit there now for? <laughs> You're fucking grown. Like, you know, so figure out how to be sustainable, how to be independent and how to be the truest, most awesome version of yourself. 
So you don't have to remember who you are when you've reached your success. You know, it's, mm. it's all simple stuff. It's simple stuff, simple stuff. I love that. Perfect. Perfect conversation. And so, so necessary and needed right now. I think there's a lot of people really feeling lost. Mm -hmm. And I, I've got more people reaching out to me now saying, where do I go from here? I've been kind of having that feeling that I'm getting a little burned out. And to your point, COVID was like, do I really want to go back to that? Do I want to go back to the double and triple booking? Do I want to go back to that madness? So I think there's going to be a lot of changes. I'm, I'm curious to see how it all shakes out. But I think as far as your traveling schedule and the shows and all of that, I almost feel like the new future normal is going to be more of a hybrid model. I think people feel um, not as connected through the virtual shows but I also think that the in-person show can also overwhelm the introverts where they feel like getting on a plane and, you know, going to a hotel and all the expenses and all that. So I think a hybrid of the two um, is kind of what I'm predicting as the new normal where you can, you can opt to either be home and attend virtually, or you can be in person and it's, you know, something offered for both, for both types of personalities. Cause we've all always been different, but one person's always uncomfortable. Yeah, well, it's, it's the introverts. <laughs> it's just the introvert extrovert thing. I mean, when people come to me looking for leadership, guiding, or mentorship, whatever you want to say it, people that want to, they want to tap into thoughts and ideas that they've never said out loud. Like that would be my area of expertise. Bring it on. And especially if you got a fucked up story and you want to create something so incredibly powerful that you just drop the mic and walk away. I'm your guy. I live in that world. I love creating masterpieces. I don't care how long it could take a year or it could take three days. Like let's create something together, plain and simple. You have an idea. Okay. I got a couple blueprints that work really well. When someone tells me I have an idea and I've been doing it long enough right now that I know how to make it good. Then if you want to make it great, then I'll make it brilliant. So you got to work with me back and forth, back and forth. But if you feel like you're stuck, it's because you are a hundred percent. And COVID, everyone has their own way of what COVID has done for them, both negatively and both positively. Negatively, what COVID has done for me is that it has hit me financially to the point where I'm like, well, wow, okay, hmm, I can't do that. I can't hop on a plane, work with some of my team and some of my, some of the teachers that I've trained and worked with. I can't do these seminars and these workshops. I'm not gonna go on tour with the shit show, which we started last year. I can't do any more wash and burns for a minute, but okay, I can't do any of that. And that's all I did. So what else can I do? And I'm like, I can wait. I can be patient. I could be mm. exactly, but I could be exactly what I tell people to do. Because if I'm not living the words that are coming out of my mouthy lane, I'm a fucking con man and fuck me. Don't listen to anything I got to say. I'm full of shit or I'm really smart and I can think quicker than you. But that doesn't mean I can educate you on a philosophy or a way of life. It means I'm quicker and I might be wittier and I might be well rehearsed. 
And I would say that there's a lot of people that could possibly be in that situation. Because if you're selling hope to the hopeless, there's money to be made in that. that. That could be incredibly profitable. So what I like to do, and what you had mentioned about like the future of hairdressing as far as like education and classes and shows go, it's going to turn into theater. It's going to turn into performance. People are always going to gather. If you have somebody that wants to see a specific skill, a genre, or a talent, and you have other like-minded people that want to congregate to pay money to watch that, to be entertained. And if you learn something when you're being entertained, perfect. But the thing that's going to, I think, happen, or what I would like to be happen, or how I'm going to live my world, is going to be in the world of entertainment. And I want to put together shows creative shows that celebrate not only life, but art and hairdressing and togetherness and openness and discussions and philosophies and ways of thinking and celebrations where at the end of it, the music is up and the champagne is brought out and we laugh and we dance and we hug when it's safe to, and we kiss and we cry. And that's, that's what I have in my head. That's, that's my, that's my fairy tale. That's my perfect ending to the shit storm known as COVID. Mm. And that's just how it's going to be like, end the story. And again, like, I don't care if there's five people there or 15 people there. I don't care if it costs me money to do it, but Elaine, I'm creative. Like I'm an artist. Like that's what I have to do. If you're with it. Awesome. If you're not with it, that's just as cool, but I would rather just be so incredibly unique and individual in the way that I approach life in our industry and everything else, I'd rather be years ahead of what would be common and considered trendy and look back at and be like, that guy was ahead of his time. That dude was like the Frank Zappa fucking hair. And that's, I'd rather go for that than anything else. And that's my whole career has been like that. That's a mic drop moment. I think I think that's the perfect way to end this this conversation. Yeah, I mean, we was, could go for days. We, we could, days. and that was you can feel your your passion and your authenticity. Everything about it is so great, and and the industry as a whole has gotten so far away from what you just described. So I am. I will be there wherever that is or whatever that looks like, because it used to be like that. You know, when you used to go to an event, it was a, an a event. It was all about the education, all about the passion, not about the sales and the sales floor and the, the marketing end of it. And it's just gotten so crossed and watered down and just not the same. So I knew we were fucked about six years ago when you'd go to like update trainings, you worked for a product company. And then all of a sudden there was like a social media expert. And I'm like, okay, what's this? Okay, so now we have to hashtag Viva La Red or just something fucking ridiculous. And I was like, <laughs> all right, what's who? Okay, then all of a sudden, like the next year, I was like, who are the, who's the boy band? Like, who are these people? And then I'm like, oh, okay, they, I get it. Like the same way I had to use Bravo to get dropped off on the gold floor. This is just a different platform. I said, okay, cool. But then I knew we were fucked. And when I say the word fucked and I say the word we, I mean, I'm talking directly like you and I, 
people that have been doing it for like a super long time that could keep a room full of 200 people or a thousand, whatever. If you want, you just see you hours. I'm going to educate you four hours live, like right in front. I knew we were screwed when these minute clips started coming out and hundreds of thousands of people were viewing these clips. And I thought to myself, oh dear God, this is how people are going to start doing hair and everything's going to look alike. Mm. And sure shit. That's exactly it, what's happening. Yeah. It totally. And I understand it from a product company point of view. And I have a lot of clients that I've worked with really hard and I've watched them go from 900 followers to 50,000, a hundred thousand, because we created super strong content and they were doing their lives and talking about vulnerability women's strength, empowerment, domestic abuse, being a survivor, like all these things that you, I get goosebumps when I talk about it. Like you're talking and you're crying, like when they're figuring stuff out and you're face to face with them, you're crying with them. You're like, this is so fucking powerful. This has to work. It's going to work. Right. When that started to, to go away and things became incredibly repetitious and then even at shows, there was still hashtags of doing this. And then everybody was on their phone at the show. So then I was just like, well, why would you even go to the show if you can watch it from the convenience of your phone? And that right there is when I really started to make the switch to coaching as opposed to performing, because I knew that the place that I was going to be performing was going to be obsolete the same way like people used to go to gladiator events in ancient Rome. I was like, I'm not going to be the only fucking gladiator showing up being like, where is everybody? I'm going to figure out how to, you know, how to do something else. So that's where I think everything's going, Elaine. And it's so easy to get really good education, uh, even for free. I mean, there's some YouTube channels out there that these people are just killing it. And there's some monster, monster hairdressers that are always going to be prettier smarter better at editing better at filming they have super hot friends and clients their clients are going to look better and for me i wasn't willing to compete with that or go into that arena because i was like i'm just going to work with those people and just train them because all they do is create content what happens when they run out or what happens mm -hmm. if they want to become more faceted or what if they want to work for another company? Have they ever even been trained on how to sell a product? So that's kind of where, where I've been at. Um, but if I have to, you can wake me up out of a dead sleep and I'll cut one of the most prettiest bobs you've ever seen. So I'm still <laughs> practiced and ready to go in. But yeah, I mean, that's pretty much where I'm at with everything, Elaine. And That's awesome. That's well, I have loved every minute of this. And we said in the beginning, we could we could have the four hour podcast episode and keep keep chatting. But how can people find you and your Ben Mullen project? And I know you're not on social media. So if somebody wants coaching around something, I am on social you? media. I just don't follow anybody on okay. social media. So Got I keep it. my I keep my slate clean as far as I use uh, Instagram like I do Google. Like if someone reaches out to me, I can click on them. And if they're private, I'll send them a friend request and see what they got going on. And then I'm right back into my little universe. So people can find me on Instagram at, at Ben Mollen, B-E-N-M-O-L-L-I-N, and at the Ben Mollen Project. 
I am on Instagram as well. But if you go to the Ben Mullen Instagram, that pretty much can help you navigate through just about everything of like where I'm at. Awesome. And I'll also add that in the show notes. Um, most people, when they're listening to these, they're on the treadmill or driving and uh, I don't want anyone stressing Well, you'll be able to get in touch with Ben. I'll add it to the uh, show notes as well. So yeah. thank you so much. This has been uh, amazing. And yeah, I can't wait for, uh, for people to listen to, to your words of wisdom. Good, good luck with homeschooling. <laughs> Hang in there. <laughs> I got about seven more weeks and then I'm going to throw <laughs> that iPad back at the school. Oh. <laughs> But he's doing, he's doing good, man. He's reading and, you know, he's playing chess. He did his first online chess tournament. He's six. That's amazing. Uh, I don't even know how to play chess. I'm 53. Last week. Now we watched the Queen's Gambit and just totally hopped on the chess train, man. And we just. I went out and bought a chess set after the Queen's Gambit, but I haven't, I haven't done anything with it yet. So. Yeah, not yet. But (laughs) but as soon as you get that Winnebago and you're at the Grand Canyon, you're like, you know what? I'm going to play some chess now. Elaine, you are, you are a sweet woman. I can feel it. Uh, When this is all done and I'm in Florida, we'll we'll go grab that coffee and continue this conversation. 100%. Thank you so much. Everybody, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next one. Thank you for listening to the Ask the Color Expert podcast. Please subscribe and be sure to leave a review. For more information on hair color education, please visit my website, www.expertcolorsolutions.com. See you soon.